טוב, everyone, שבוע טוב בעזרת השם, שבוע טוב, thank you everyone for coming. I'm going to pass these around for those that don't have the sefer, whoever needs. This month of Shvat, uh, sponsored by Joni and Moshe Pollack, in memory of Shimon ben Moshe, Tzvi ben Mordechai, Shira Rachma, Basar of Alter, Nasan Nata, and by anonymously, thank you Hashem, Zivag Daniel, Achana, Basar Alibi, and everyone else that's looking for safety, for, for, for uh, anyone else that's looking for Zivag and the safety of our soldiers and our the week is sponsored by my dear in-laws, Ben and Barbara Selsky. Blessings for Yakir Shlomo, Moshe Zev, Nachman Sheshalom, Chayabina Etel, for their birthdays in the past, present, and next week's. Tons of love. Thank you. Uh, by uh, Jill and Robert Kaufman and Michal and Hanan Shaul, memory of Tamar Bad Moshe and Israel Ben Aryeh, for the complete, also for the complete Rufua Shlema of Gita Rivka Bas Chayarisa, by Brent Eisen and family, memory of Chaim Aaron Ben Binyamin HaKoyen, and by the Jaspers, in the, the Jasper Mishpacha, in memory of Reuven ben Shimon. Reuven ben Shimon. Okay. So, we should have a lot of atzlacha today, and this whole week of staying focused and feeling very, very close to what our tafkid is, Bezrat Hashem. What, what is our tafkid right now? Okay, so last week, I admit, we, we, we ended on a cliffhanger, and for some of the chavra, that learned with us online, I got some really startling, uh, like, uh, panicked questions, like some panics, mamash, like, I didn't realize, like, it's not the smart, you have to really be a little bit smarter when you choose to stop a piece, even if it's five more minutes, but this is basically <laughs> where we're holding over here right now, and I'll try to, I'll try to do a little bit of a chazara. If you have the pages of the Sefer, it's Andaf Kuf Ted Zayin. So I'll give you a little bit of a, a little bit of a recap, but mamash just for like three, three or four minutes to plug us into where we are right now. A lot of things came up last week. I got so many Herzl-related uh, <laughs> WhatsApps afterwards. Your, your husband, back and forth, back and forth. My gosh, I love it. I love it. It gets people to think. It's great. Mamash, Yoni was, we were back and forth a lot. I printed a whole article. He had me read before. See, I <laughs> so stay home. Don't come back here again. Ask <laughs> um, Really, really special. I, I love, I really encourage, and I, and I apologize if I'm not able to get back to everyone. Just every single comment, every single thing, Mamash really adds to the learning that ends up happening in here. I don't like just to call it learning to the Avodat Hashem that happens in here. And that leaves the room as well. The question we ended off last week's shear with, this, this panicky kind of question, was as follows. I'm really going to try, I'm, I'm trying so hard to really mechaven to what, what, it, what it actually was. It could seem chas v'chalila, it could seem chas v'shalom, it could really seem, like it could really feel, very much so, that the Shekhin has been retreating. That's what we were discussing last week. It could seem that the Shekhinah, which appeared with the emergence, with the resurrection, of the physical body of Am Yisrael, this first Shlav of Geulah, in all its forms, represented by a mass, mass Aliyah, Le'eretz Yisrael, for many years, where all the energy and the focus and the passion of what it means to be a Jew was very much focused on this first Shlav of Geulah, the first Shlav, which is the physical reappearance of the body. 
And the Shekhinah was that, which we learned, was really which was pumping the whole energy, whether people realized it or not. Having emuna understands that even though people that may seem like they weren't operating out of emuna, they were the one, what was pumping the energy, the flow of life to come back here, to come back there to Israel, very simple. What was pumping the flow of it all was really the Shekhinah coming and like we said, knocking, knocking on the door. Like Rav Soloveitchik, writes in the most beautiful, beautiful piece of work that was ever written about, called Kol Dodi Dofek. Harav Soloveitchik says to us, listen, you know, it's true, like one of the things that I differ from my previous generations is that I am a Zionist. I'm Tzioni. And he said, I can't help, I can't ignore the knocking that's on the door. 1948, 1960, say, I can't ignore it. And everyone here felt that we were part of something just spectacular and prophetic and of biblical proportion. And it seems that like that, that oomph that made everyone feel so proud and excited to be part of what we were doing seems to have been retreating because the Shekhinah kept on knocking on the door to say, okay, open up for part two. Open up for part two. What's part two? The second koma of komiyut, komat haneshama, the soul. Now it's, soul, now it's all soul work. It's not just reserved for Hever that grew up in the Bali Chuvas that were, you know, more connected to ashrams and, uh, you know, more rainbow gatherings and hippie gatherings. Oh, they're the ones that now, they have that language. It's the Shekhinah saying, everyone has to have that language. Now that's the only way to really, really receive the, bo- the body and the soul together of Eretz Yisrael. And R- Rav Sasson brought up last week's year, like if you see in the second to bottom paragraph, In the third line, in the second to bottom paragraph, on Kuf Tet Zayin, Hashela Azaya Shela Naaset Kashet Od Yoter. Haim Chalila Ota Peimat Chaim Sheizrim Aruach Kabira Ba'am Yisrael Neelma Meitano. That same flow of life, which was Mamish pumping life, blood, air, everything, into Am Yisrael, does it seem that that same thing that got us to the first part? It's starting to retreat. Is it, did it, did it, was it removed from us? Now everyone's, the million, gazillion, billion dollar question of today is, what is our 1967 moment of this generation? What is, what is, I don't know, like in America, for instance, what's the triple SJ movement's moment of this generation. Does that make any sense? There was something that everyone felt so clearly like powerful and passionate about to stay, to, 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 to work for. And if you notice, those things that made us feel all so vibrant and sure about our direction were mainly action-based <coughs> phenomena. They were action. It was befoal. I could do something. I could move here. I could build. I could plant. I can... Uh, I can go out and protest. Who has Koyach for protest? Who goes to protest anymore? Another Chavra was been going, and a whole Chavra here have been going to protest because they also, for them, the whole judicial reform, you know, I shouldn't say others, some Chavra here, it doesn't matter. We see how this whole thing is Yad Hashem, it's unbelievable. Anyone that's been going out and protesting strong for the judicial reform is also like, it's, it's, it's their moment. Because everyone's looking for something to feel like it's our moment. And En Malasot, we can't ignore it anymore. It's not gonna, it doesn't seem that our moment is now based on an action, protest, building thing, unless we're very, very, very clear 
what it is we're protesting and what it is we're building. But the clarity of what it is we're protesting and what it is we're building is not yet seeped deep into the neshama of the Am. It's still there. But the question that left everyone panicking last week was, well, when you look at things on the surface, it seems like there's a nesiga of the Shekhinah. Like, yeah, it was a chance. It was a chance. 48, 67. And every day since then, there was a chance. And somehow it seems like Yeshama Nesiga, there's a retreat. And that's a very, very startling feeling. That's a very scary feeling. And it's even hard to even say these kind of words. Like for some of you, maybe you want to throw a chair at me right now. How could you say such a thing? First of all, I'm Ruch Hashem, Salmech and Tzadikim. It's not my own, uh, my own chap, but it's definitely things that I've been thinking about for, for, for many, 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 many years. <coughs> Since I'm a teenager. Could it be that the flow of light of the Shechina, which has been coming back to Tzion, is, God forbid, becoming weakened? Is it getting weak? If this whole enterprise called what we call Zionism, or we call the return back to Eretz Yisrael, was really based on individuals having some kind of a yozma. Yozma, how do you say yozma? Personal initiatives. It was a good idea. Herzl. If it was really Herzl that came up with this, then it could be that, okay, that vision of that man is nechlash. But emuna is, is that Hashem, and Rav Kook was so clear on this, Emuna is, is that the return to Tzion can be found through many different people's own writings and, and thoughts and whatnot, but it's really the Shekhinah that's the force behind it all. Has to be. There's no other explanation to it. It's the Shekhinah that's playing the role of it all, but it seems, al pshat, that it really, it seems like it's starting to really get shvach. Now jump to the bottom paragraph. Hatshuva ha'amuka la'shela zo. Take a deep breath. Chalila lo. There is no retreat from the movement towards the Geula of Am Yisrael. We have to be clear on that. And it's true that it seems when we're looking at today, is today 100 days or yesterday was 100 days? So today, right? So it seems, it seems like, especially the Tkufa that we're in, is that it doesn't seem, it doesn't even feel right now that it's like, even post Simchas Torah, it's still a 1967 moment yet. Doesn't doesn't yet feel like that. And and the reason's very clear. It's very clear. It's very demanding. Very demanding, but it's very clear. Well, we're going to discuss this. We know this. Actual redemption is built. It's made of. It's comprised of a few different phases and layers. When one shlav, like there's a there's a statement, there's a phrase in Hebrew, mitziti, mitziti. You know, mitziti means um, not exactly. What's that? We've done it all. Like we we've done we've we've done we've done enough. Mitziti. Like I I did my we did the best that we could with this one. Right? Mitziti. I had a friend that. Um, Called me last week, Emilio Imnik, that drove, he's been down since October 7th, down south. And he had told me when he was driving down south, he knew he's not leaving 
He's not leaving the area, no matter what anyone Mifaket tells him, until it's all done. And here we are three months later, and he called me before Shabbos and he said, Tishma, I feel that the truth that I have given in my hands today, which means with the access and the ability that they're letting him poel now, mitziti, there's nothing more that he could do. That's a very, very, very painful thing. Mitziti. And he, and he said it belev shalem. And it's a person that if he, there was no fear of him going to jail because he's not following orders, he would, I know this for a fact, he would not leave. He'd be there until the end. Like him, there are thousands, thousands of tzaddikim. Thousands that also feel like this. But he says over here, When one stage of redemption has come to fruition, it's been done. The light that has to, of Shekhinah that has to appear through one form of redemption, which is the physical binyan of Eretz Yisrael, while we're really waiting for the next level to come and let it be, fulfill its expression, there's some movement going on. And that movement is happening deep, deep, deep down inside. Somewhere very, very deep down inside, there's movement. There's a preparation for another shlav, but it's still in a tahalich, mamash of hitbashlut. It's a tahalich. It's, it's not even, it's so ripe, it's not, it's not, it hasn't come to fruition yet. And what, which is what? And then people's desires change. Until, this is, connects to how we began last week's, last week's shir, until we reach a place that the passion of the heart is not, it, it doesn't feel passionate about the same things that it felt passionate about in the beginning. But it's asking for the next shlav. Uh, I'll tell you, this is very easy when it comes to marriage to, to, to look at this, to look at what he's saying over here. Very, very easy. You know, sometimes people get into this place of um, stagnancy. It happens to every, every relationship. You reach a place, things are okay. But what, but some like, Shaila, some, some questions start to bother the mind, and all these different ritzonot start, all these different wills and wants start coming up and appearing out of nowhere for something else than what's in front of you. And you think it's like, I want it to be like it was, when we didn't have any responsibilities and any children, and even though you're not saying that, but that's really what you're saying, and it was just the puppy love, and Kilo and Bayot, and and look how far we've gone from there. Like, look how different life is now from that time that when we, were, when we didn't have to, like, be so bothered by different things. You know, that's not what you're saying, but that's actually what's, what you're saying. And the thing is, and the thing is like this, and it's, I, I just want you to take this in, because this is, um, just, just, let me reflow with this for a second. It doesn't mean that the first shlav in life is supposed to be met again. And it doesn't mean that where you're at now is wrong. What it means is that you're ready for the next yitgalut, that you're ready for the next shlav of the relationship. That's true with between spouses. It's constantly true with children, even on a faster pace. And it's true with our relationship with Hashem. And it's definitely true 
with the nation's relationship with Eretz Yisrael. It's definitely true about the nation's relationship with the land itself. I'm sitting amongst, you know, giborot that have, uh, that have, um, that are very active and lead prota and lead so much of the binyan of the Aretz Bechulei. And it's, I think it's clear to everyone that the Am, without noticing it, the Shechina is not, can never leave us, Bezrat Hashem. But the Shechina right now, inside the Am right now, is saying, you all know that you can't go back to like this patriotic, let's dance around with like Rikudei Am in the streets of Tel Aviv and, uh, you know, celebrate Ben-Gurion's Declaration of Independence. That's not going to fulfill anyone's heart today. And you also know that it really isn't in the penimius of it, figuring out any way, shape, or form to put the whole focus of Yiddishkeit on figuring out how to build another settlement. And you know I'm not a left-wing fanatic, obviously. I'm talking soul talk. I'm speaking from the inside right now. We know it's something deeper. It's bigger. It's listening to what the preparation of the next shlav is. And here... It's a little tangent, but it's just very clear to me that uh, this is what, what, what I'm sensing, what I'm feeling, and how I'm speaking with people. I used to think that it doesn't matter. Just make Aliyah. Just come to Israel. Come to Eretz Yisrael. Live anywhere. You just have to, that's, the holy, that's the only thing in the world. Just come home. And when Rav Cook wrote those words, and I found a piece that we, we had learned many years ago, this Kriya, Bola Eretz Yisrael, um, this is from 1907, I believe. I, I think it's from 1907. We had learned this amazing calling of Rav Kook to come to Eretz Yisrael. And it seemed that Rav Kook was saying, come to Eretz Yisrael. And he gave the, he gave, basically was speaking about the point and the purpose of coming to Eretz Yisrael. And it all had to do basically about self-kavod, self-honor. Mamash. Like if you honor yourselves, if you have kavod for yourselves, Come to Eretz Yisrael. Boa baita. If you can't, if, you, if you're willing to stop being in a state of shiflut, of embarrassment, and disgust in the eyes of the world, and if you're ready to also redeem the covet of the land, come home to Eretz Yisrael. Today, personally, I really, really, really don't think that that's the whole inyan. Of course it's the inyan, but the question is, to what Eretz Yisrael are you coming, and with what eyes are you coming to Eretz Yisrael? If you're coming to Eretz Yisrael in order to listen to the second level of the Geula, to what the Shekhinah is really knocking on the door, come now and come fast. If you want to come to Eretz Yisrael, and this sounds gibberish to you, come now and come fast, but plug yourself in to Pnimi Yusatora, of the existence of living in Eretz Yisrael. It's not just about, let's say, we, let, let's, let's just come home. Because, think about it, in 1967, after 1967, the, 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 the amount of home I had access to was divine. It was, that was like really beyond this world. And the question is, what did we do with it? What did, and it's, like, it's amazing how because of this sheer, which gets me really agitated, I'm like agitated about this sheer, is that... 1967, which was this shining bright light of my childhood, even though I was born after, but meaning what it represented, it changed over the learning of, of, from being the greatest moment in our life 
to the greatest missed opportunity we ever had. And I don't want it to chas v'shalom. I don't want to go over that anymore. Like, my t- deepest tefillah is to realize the opportunity we have right now and not make it a missed one. And in order to make sure I don't miss the opp- we don't miss the opportunity of today, it must be now that the relationship to Eretz Yisrael, the whole thing, the whole dance, is a Shekhinah-based soul relationship. Now, there is a prerequisite for this kind of learning and this kind of talking. There is a prerequisite we always mention. What's the prerequisite to do any of this type of work? You have to be alive. You can't be killed, right? That's the problem that we have. Like Rav Sasson told us a few months ago, what's this whole tkufa called? Sfirata Omer, Yemei Havra'a, wellness period. Well, you know, when we have another Shabbos, when three Amalekites try to infiltrate another Yeshuv in Har Hebron, that could have ended up in a massive massacre, it doesn't really ease the soul so much. And be like, oh, you have time right now to just spend time delving into your soul. So on the one hand, we have to always stand firm and clear that we have to stay alive, but for what purpose? Just to stay alive? Just to be alive? Am I just defending so that I could stay alive? Or do I want something much bigger than that? And that's called living chayei netzach ba'olam Bringing an eternal state of living in this world. And it's big stuff. It's high levels. It's like high levels of functioning and awareness. To get back to what I started to share with you, when I sit with people and Baruch Hashem, the last few weeks, I've been talking to many, many different families and couples that are really working hard on making the move to come back, to come home, to come to move to Eretz Yisrael. But the message is pretty clear. It's to come to Eretz Yisrael today has got to be like this. It has to be the way what he's speaking to us about, not ignoring the pi'ima, the zrima of the orn of the shechinah. The first shlav, the first 75 years, did its job. Ba'u l'mimushan, which another way of saying is, mitzinu. Mitzinu, again, on the komav, the binyan of the am, there's never been a faster pace of growth, of physical growth, in anywhere in the world. There's never been such a thing like this before in the history of the world. Such a massive, not just growth of population, but growth of all the ideas that have been coming out of such a small piece of land, with such a small amount of people. There's never been such a greater thing in the world. That's not Shechina. It's not coming from the Shechina. Of course it is. But now, the next Shlav isn't going to be anymore like I mentioned in the shir last week, I think in the men's shir, the pride should not be those commercials that show us about what happens if you would really ban any, anything Israeli from the world, right? You know, those, you know those commercials? Like they have these things of like, you know, what would it be like if you actually really banned anything Jewish, uh, anything Israeli from the world? So you wouldn't have ways. Or what else wouldn't you have? What's that? Drip irrigation. Drip irrigation. Cherry tomatoes. <laughs> and, and it's like, Mama, like, there's a part of me inside that's like, don't diss that. But when that becomes the representation of the, rest- of the Jewish people coming back home, that makes me want to cry. It makes me want to cry. That cherry tomatoes, and it sounds ridiculous, I know, but that, you know, when we, when we try to show the world what we've brought, we bring ways and cherry tomatoes 
and drip irrigation and what else? There's a bunch of stuff, huh? Iron Dome. One of the worst things that ever happened to us. Why? One of the worst things that ever happened to Am Yisrael, without a shadow of a doubt. That thing which seems to us, like you said, life-saving, caused one of the greatest damages to the existence of the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael to the situation that we're in right now. I know that sounds insane. Life-saving, Nachon. What, what, what's behind what I'm saying? What has happened while we were saving ourselves from rockets down there? What was going on down here? This is it. Tunnel after tunnel after tunnel after tunnel after tunnel after tunnel, and I can keep on going on. Where did we come to the understanding and the belief that that iron dome is truly life-saving? Because in the world of the Geulah, of Komat HaGuf, that seems to be the holiest, the best thing in the world, life-saving. But the Neshama is looking at that and saying, do you really think that that's why you came back to Eretz Yisrael, to figure out a way to block rockets? To block rockets? That's the whole thing here? We were able to justify giving up a piece of Eretz Yisrael because we had an iron, because we then put an iron dome. And it messed up our, it completely messed up our vision of what we're doing here. Now, of course, Chaz Hashem, many, many, many lives have been spared. But that's the concepcia, that's it, Gamarno. Iron dome has, now people are saying the following. Anyone that I'm speaking to, anyone that lives down south, and Migun. They're not going no one is no one's running back into any shelter. This is not the way to live. If the people leading the country over here right now feel that it's Mikubal, it's acceptable to still live in an iron dome type of living, we won't have a next generation staying choosing to stay in Eretz Yisrael. That's not something worth fighting for. That kind of a mitziut. That kind of a reality isn't. Of looking into the depth of the second shlav of Geula, which is the soul, is what everyone is crying for, whether they realize it or not. Everyone knows there's no pitaron here, nothing. There is no such thing here as ever reaching um, any type of normalization of anything with the people that are trying to kill us. But the real Anshei Ruach Pnimiim also understand that even if we were able to expel all of them from the country, we would still have a test of, can we hear kol dodi dofek of this door? And that has to do with the ruach. That has to do with becoming anashim pnimiim. That's also not enough. Let, but let that be our problem. Right? Let us be able to experience a sviyata omer in this country, in this land, where I don't feel threatened every single day to walk anywhere, to do anything. So these are very these are these are the these are the callings of this door. This is what's going on in today's day and age. And what he's saying is, if you could listen really deep, this is what the neshama is demanding of us to say. Can you please? Can you can you please hear the hear the calling and understand? You want something new right now. You just don't have the words for it yet, but you want something new. And your children definitely want something new. And the Kuf Yud Zayin. Like with anyone, any personal, any individual, 
שבכל שלב בחיים הרצון שלו נדלק ונמשך אל אותו הייעוד השייך לשלב זה. Let me ask you something. Try, if you can, to go back 10 years ago in your life. If you could remember that far. Try. באמת. And try to remember the thing you were most, most passionate about 10 years ago. Like that you would mamish give your life for. You'd do anything for it. Nidlakt, you got, you know, mamish intensely, like turned on by an idea, by, by something, right? A, a figure, an, an identity, a, whatever it is, an art, a passion, right? You know, the par- problem is that when we look back and we see that it's, it's so not us anymore, we belittle it, but really in its time and in its moment, it was everything to us. It meant everything. Maybe you have to go a little bit further back. I don't know, 20 years. Some of you can go back five years. I don't know. It's different for each person, right? It's different for each, each person. That's why it's so important to do what the Piyasetzner ever says, you know, periodically. I don't know how, how often he meant that this should be done, but a person should write down on a piece of paper their thoughts, And he said, Engrave your soul onto a piece of paper. Um, and there are many different reasons why he said to do this. This is the opening line in his diary, in Tzaviz, the opening paragraph in his diary, Tzaviziruz. Those are diary entries from the years 1929 to 1938. You could imagine what was going on in this diary. It's an amazing, amazing compilation of heavenly prophetic thoughts. But I think that it's important to notice that, you know, to remember what in life, what was the thing that I thought if only I had this, everything would be okay. And you really felt that. You really felt that. And today, it may not be that. And that's normal. That means you're alive. That means you're growing. It doesn't mean you're fake. It doesn't mean you're a fraud. It means, Baruch Hashem, you're not stagnant. If a couple wants the same exact thing they want on, when they day they got married, it's, it's very, very, very nebuchom. If they're trying to recreate everything that happened when they first got married, it'll never work. But if there's a rav or a tzama for something new, it means they're alive and they're listening to something deep down inside. And they need help to try to understand what it is exactly they're trying to say and they're trying to express. It's the same exact thing with us. Again, הרצון שלו נדלק ונמשך אל אותו הייעוד השייך לשלב זה. At every single moment in life, I'm attracted to a certain ייעוד, a destination, a purpose that שייך for me now. ומשעה שנעשה בשל לשלב הבא, but from the moment that he becomes ripened for the next level, מתפוגג הרצון מהשלב בהווה, the רצון the passion, the drive, the will and desire that you had for right now, mit pogeg, which means begins to expire. And you start looking for the next thing. That's what me'ufyanet, that's why this period we're living in, it seems on the one hand that it's showing, it's, it's displaying some type of a weakness of spirit, of ratzon, and looking for something else on the other hand. There's someone who will be in this 
There are people that can look at the situation we're in and say, ah, you're retreating, you're, you're, you're becoming weak. You're losing yourself. Ach nevonei lev. I love that, that frame, that, that's my reference. Nevonei lev. Those that have the wisdom of the heart, yavinu hitkadmut. You're actually moving forward, towards somewhere. Vezeu shlav dimdumim. You know what dimdumim means? Twilight. It's a twilight zone. I can't put any... That seems to be, feel like the most shayach description of the era that we're living. Dimdumim. It's a twilight zone. <laughs> Even hearing that, it's like... Yeah, that's mamish the soundtrack right now. And when we speak about this in a second, tkufat ma'avar. Not just dimdumim, but tkufat ma'avar. That means the season's changing. There's a transition. To one level of living my life, to a much more enriched and developed way of living, of actual life, of being alive. We're in a twilight zone. Why, how do we know that we're in a twilight zone? Because on the one hand, we've never in our generation been around so much darkness, but at the same time, we're also, we've never been around so much hero, heroism. And in one second, I feel like I'm part of the greatest nation that ever existed. And in the same breath, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on over here, right? And the same, about the same people from the same nation, from the same generation. Twilight Zone. It's so freaky. But he's saying that is actually really just pointing to us that we're in a transition place. Now, I don't have to say this to you in labor, what's the most intense shlav of labor? Transition. The most intense shlav, and the Baba Shrebi used to speak about this, and the Tzadik about people that walk into the birthing room, or in today's day and age, the living room, whenever, wherever it is you're giving birth, right? <laughs> wherever you're giving birth. Yeah, birthing room, it's, it's true, hospital or home, whatever. And you walk in right then and there, and all you hear is what you're hearing in the moment, and then you see people on top of a woman with all these different things, and you think you're walking into the worst horror movie in the world. The worst horror flick, flick you could ever imagine. Obviously, the person with context understands you're witnessing a transition right now. now but if you're saying, listen, we have to go back to the way, the, the way she felt just uh, before, before this happened. It's like, what, are you crazy? She's about to bring life into the world. But in the mind that always suppresses any form of opposition or pain, right now, all I know is that this has to stop. Right? This has to stop. I don't care. So you have a lot of people in the country that they look at the matzav and they're like, whatever's going on now, lo echpatli. Bechol mechil, at any price, I have to go back to figure out a way to dancing Rikudei Am in Rehovot, in Rothschild, and, and you know, to, to go back to what it was like with the, with the early Zionists and the pioneers. Lam Shanema, because then it was, because then it was, it wasn't like this. Whatever it was, it wasn't this, right? Their comfort zone is what they know. The unknown is good, so it's better. But means twilight zone, meaning like, mamash, like, I can't imagine how right now, what's happening here right now, means that the Shekhinah, is actually like really here? How could I? How could I look at any footage from Sunkhaftera? How could I look at anything in the streets of Tel Aviv on Yom Kippur and say like, no, this is the Shechina 
that's saying, you know, I'm, I'm appearing right now. And of course, the onus, you know, the, the responsibility is on us, so to speak, God's PR people in the world, how to bring about the people to explain to them what you really want. How do you do that? How do you explain to someone that what they really want is not what their words are saying, but it's really happening beneath the surface? How do you do that? By telling them, listen, if you keep enough Shabbos, you'll figure out what I'm talking about. It won't work on anybody. It won't work on anybody. That's not the language either. Even the dibur, even the way to speak to this door today, has to come from such a place of anava, of humility and mamash being in awe of a new or chadash, of a new light that's coming down. But I hate to say it, most of people today that are in spirit, so to speak, spiritual, uh, the spiritual chair and representation, they haven't learned the language of the door either. They're not speaking the language of the door. The artists are. The musicians are, but they also need someone to speak their language. They also need authority. They also need guidance. Trust me, I'm telling you, I know this government. They really long for guidance, and they don't have it. They know they have to become Rebbes themselves, and they don't have it. They don't have it. Like the individual person in his life, when you've reached the next level of life, your heart leaves the previous drive, the previous passion. And we, would, we would keep on saying this appears in the life of Am Yisrael. That pioneer passion it's not naturally there anymore like it used to be. The oranges, that's what I'm thinking about. Like oranges or whatever resembles, you know, that, 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 those days. You know, whatever resembles those days of that, that pioneer passion. Yish, or like, honestly, like kibbutzim and all these things. Like it's, these things were like, when you mention those words, they were like Kurdish Kadashim in my house. These lahata chalutzi. And it's not, the drive in this generation is just not there anymore. Once in a while you get to meet one of these precious neshamas that somehow is like in this door, but they're really shy after back then. Like, like this holy brother that uh, some of us met from Kibbutz Be'eri, Yardi, Yarden. Who was there? Who's met him? Some of you met him. Yarden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you met him. And sometimes you meet these neshamas, they're like really plucked from back then that they still have some kind of shyness to like, you know, getting high on chaklaut, you know, getting high on agriculture of the land. It's not, it's not, that's how it used to be by everybody, you know? That was the cloud. People were getting high off, like, of, of vegetation. It's crazy. It does, it's not there anymore. That lahat isn't there anymore. Yesh mishi And again, there are those that could see this as, as downfalls. Kit pogeguta chalom shel And people could also see, like, the dream of building the land is over. It's done. The deeper glance, a deeper glance from someone that understands the source and the root of the movement of Am Yisrael towards its redemption. They understand that the reason it feels that everything is stuck is because the next shlav needs to appear. 
ולכן הלבבות מונחים בנקודה זו. The hearts are basically like stuck. They're placed at this very, very fragile moment. בחיפוש השלב הבא, while they're looking for the next שלב. And what's the next שלב? קומת הרוח והנשמה. The next שלב. The שלב of spirit and soul. Recently, someone told me that in the Arava, where some of the yeshuvim and kibbutzim from the south have been, have been placed now, in the middle of the Arava, I don't know how old this place is, I forgot the name of it, But there's a whole chavra of Israelis that set up a Buddhist colony. You know about this? Mamash. And I'm going to tell you something that, it's, it's, it'll sound so pathetic, but not pathetic, it'll sound so uh, um, not from, but hold on to it for a second, okay? Like, hear, hear what I'm really trying to say. When, I, when, I, when they describe to me what the chavra there are like and what drove them for this and all that, I'm telling you, I had a cheshek to go and hang out with them for a little bit. And I know that I could probably relate to them deeper than many stagnant heilige from Yidin. These people, you should know, they gave up their lives right now for the mifunim that are living right there amongst them. They could say, no, we're the enlightened, enchanted people. We... We understand it all. We can't be infiltrated by people that are all into Zionism and stuff like that and have to run away from their homes. We'll send you money. Go stay there. Afuch. They've mamish, like, provided them with everything they need. And mamash, big, you know, it must be big neshamas. See, it must be big neshamas. Now, obviously, can I eat at their tables? No. Can I keep Shabbos there? No. But you understand, those are all things on the outside. and the inside... It's people, Israelis, that came to some level of enlightenment where they said the way the direction, all the passion is being put here now does not give any satiation for my soul. I have to, it's got to be that it's somewhere else. The light is probably somewhere else. So I'm not going to move right now to anywhere else in the world, but I'll do it here. Why not? I'll do it here. And I feel like anyone that's on the trajectory of becoming a Bamisha, deep and enlightened person here today as Jews that's looking, that's Bamisha searching for other people that are sharing the calling of their heart will be more disappointed than not unless we Bamisha wake up, unless the soul wakes up. Waking up doesn't just mean, no, you know, kill all your enemies, they're going to kill you. That's Komataguf, that's Shlav Aleph. Wake up right now Today, based on this learning, means what's the tzurah of your Yiddishkeit? What is the tzurah? What is the form, the shape of your living as a Jew in this world? What's the heightened state of awareness you're living with? That's the wake-up call. And we have to admit that even the most learned of people don't understand this safa. They don't know the language anymore. They don't, they, they don't know the language yet because it's only now being revealed. You know what people thought about Rav Kook when they read his writings when he was alive? <laughs> what did they think about him? Bemet. They didn't understand him. The, which, the led them, which led them to, to then come to the conclusion, since they didn't understand him, that there's something wrong with him. He even wrote, one time wrote, Mishik Hoshevalai, Yonatan Razel wrote a song to these words. Mishik Hoshevalai, Shani. Shemeshamakhu'ah or something. That I'm like a hurt, blemished soul. He's right. They're right. That's what he said. It's true. 
it's from Rav Cook who said that. It's Rav Cook's words. Yeah, he took Rav Cook's words. He said, people that look at me, they read my writings or they hear me speak and they think about me that I've kind of lost it. They're right. They're right. My heart is in such dire need to figure out how to lehashkot et atzun, to, to, to nourish and to, the flock. And I, I'm still, that's why Rav Cook's writings seem so all over the place. You know why? Because he himself, with every letter that he wrote, was looking for the right language to figure out how to speak to that door. He was still looking for it. That's, so basically, the bottom line over here is that, like you see in the next subtopic, he says, Today, to live in the world that we're living in, and you're looking at all the, all the Meshagas, and people are saying, I want this, I want that. What the real calling that the Am is crying for is that they're so thirsty for holiness. The only problem is, is that they don't know what it means, and those that come and represent holiness also don't exactly know what that means. And we don't know what it means yet either. The question is, how badly do we want to understand what it means to be holy today? If I asked you right now, I want everyone here to throw out some words in the statement of defining holy without trying to sound too, too smart. Okay? <laughs> don't try to impress. But I'm just going to put it out there. If I said to you right now, listen, there's a whole chevre that they have nothing to do with Yiddishkeit, but they understand that they're calling inside like Rav Dov Zinger said, that really in all these Havganot, remember I told you, for, for the whole, all this whole year, they're screaming, Busha, Busha. He said, if you listen closely, their neshamas are actually screaming, Kdusha, Kdusha. They're asking for Kdusha. Kdusha. Okay, great. Someone comes knocks on your door and says, listen, I'm here for holiness. I'm, I've realized that's what I'm really searching for. What would happen to you right now? Did you get startled a little bit? A little bit pressured? A little, like, nervous? And I, I, I just want to share that it's exactly what happened to me. My, my niece lives in Toronto, and her, she's now awakened. She was totally reformed in her. She wants to learn Hebrew. She wants to learn everything. So now we have a Zoom meeting every, every two weeks for an hour and a half to study this premium of Torah. Where do I start? What do I say? What books do I get for she wants to know. She wants to learn Hebrew. She wants to be and all this. The desire to love God. What do I what do I do? Where do I start? What do I say? No, who, wants to, who wants to who wants to offer an ad? Rabbi Nachman, Baal Shem Tov. Somebody doesn't know anything or in terms of I mean, she knows. Right. And this is happening everywhere. Exactly. It's happening everywhere. What are we offering them as a people of Eretz Yisrael? And, and again, you're, this sounds like, Malka, you're going to freak out on me, but like, Aliyah? Come home? To what? Yes, of course, come home. L'shem coming home? What, what, what are we saying to them? For years, we looked down at the Yidden of Chutzlaretz. How could it be they didn't hear the calling? How could it be they didn't move home yet? Do you know how many people, my friends, in the Chutzlaretz, they're Mivakshim Gedusha? They are. And of course, the place that it can only appear in its might and its glory is here. But they don't want to be alone. They don't want to be alone. They don't want to go through it alone. They don't, they, they're loners there. They're going to be loners here. They don't want to do it alone. They want to feel that people are on the same page with them. But you really, you know, like, okay, so, so, so you shared one thing. Just, just, just jot out some words right now when I say Kedusha. What is that? Someone comes to you. They, 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 
They had no idea about anything. They have this this shocking moment of revelation that whatever it was, I don't I need something more. And I, I think it's this concept called consciousness awareness. The Buddhist chavra are gonna chop them in a second mm-hmm. if you don't come up with something. Mm-hmm. In a second. All the the East. But it's the, it's not we're much more I'm gonna please tear the whole thing apart. I think we have to be more grounded before we can really get there. What does so, that what does that look like to you? To be more grounded. So I don't know. I'm thinking Teach him, what do you teach a kid? You teach them some netilat yadayim. You teach them to wait a second and make a bracha before they eat. That, that you, 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 you tear it down for me. Instead of, it's too easy for me. You tear it down. <laughs> no, but I'm at, like, we, we've been learning for you. Much better than I can tear down what you just said right now for a second. Try. There's a, a stepping back and a letting Hashem in. It's not just me going up to some lofty place, because there is no lofty place. It's all Hashem. Somebody told me there's people learning Kabbalah in Haifa, and they don't know it's from Judaism. <laughs> we had this whole oh, argument over Shabbat over it, and I was like, Arr. I said, yes, but I respect Okay, I'm, I'm, respect I'm bringing you back. To, let's, let's go back to you for a second. And by Amindi, I'm so, I, I know right now that the calling, that I, I know that I'm a Jew. The world has shown me I'm a Jew. The world has made it clear to me I'm a Jew, whether I like it or not. And I know that being a Jew always resembled for me ghetto, pain, being hunted, being being persecuted. I know it's got to mean more than that. Hilchot netilat yadayim. No, exactly. That has to be the part of the... The outer... The, the, yeah. <laughs> of course. So, chelik aloka mimal mamash? I don't know. Does that, that's not going to ring a bell to them either. Yeah, Karen. Why are we scared to talk like that? Because we don't believe it ourselves. How would you begin to explain to someone that the shlav of this next level of geula has to do with authenticity? Without putting you on the spot too much, but I'm, you know what I mean. This is like this is the groundwork of what we're talking about right now. Yeah. What feels like recognizing ourselves, like what you said, recognizing ourselves. We can say we we are broken to to an extent, and you can know that, and we're not pretending anymore that this is what it's meant to be like. So we're in it together. And that's part of the book, is that we carry. It's very chazak. It's very chazak what you're saying. It's very, very strong. It's very real. It's very real. It's accepting the pain. It's realizing, mamash, I can't pretend that this is not, that I'm not completely shaken, you know, this being authentic with the moment, with the reality that I'm, that I'm met. And not trying to give some vort of explaining to me how based on the midrash I saw and proving me through dates that this is going to happen. No one wants to hear these things. All the, any, you know, Mechila, the, 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 the Rebbe's that are saying, like, you'll see till here at this date and this day. Even if it ends up being true, that's not going to turn anyone on to their souls. Well, it didn't until now. Nachon? So it's like Karen said, you have to be authentic and say, you show the warmth and the love that Judaism <coughs> has. Yeah. Turned out all the halachot and everything at first, showed them the warmth and the beauty. Yeah. It comes with it. And then you slowly 
I felt it. I felt it last night. I'll share with you. My uncle died over Shabbos. Our uncle, Michal, and our uncle died. Our last uncle, and the Leviah was late last night. And what happened? I mean, this is like a like a Seinfeld episode. They 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 couldn't. Um, the 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 the, the were over, but they they while they were preparing the kever, they found a massive <coughs> rock in the kever that they they couldn't easily remove, so they couldn't bring the body to the to the kvura. And they brought a little tra- Did you see the tractor, Micham? They brought a little tractor. It's late at night. It's freezing. They're working so hard. Then other chaver realizing it's getting late. So. Uh, Till eventually, after a long time, they were able to crack that rock. It is on a mountain. I mean, cemeteries are in Eretz Yisrael quite often on mountains. Harazitim, Haramunuchot, right? This is an Eretz Achaim in Beit Shemesh. So there were there was some fill-in hespedim because it's the time, right? It was, and it was it was a little bit, you know, it was, it was it was uncomfortable just because it was getting late and it felt so bad and. Um, my father and I are standing outside, of course, as Kohanim, so I, uh, I couldn't be with my family in there. But then they, uh, so he asked me to also say like a, a hesped. It was like a, a big rabbanim there saying a lot of hespedim, long, long, like, you know. Anyway, so uh, they, they brought a mic outside, and I said to myself, like, what do I actually really want to say right now without filling something in? Like, what, what do I actually want to say right now? So I said... And it, it may seem like so not Kavadik based on the other Hespedim and this and that, but that w- I asked myself I was, as I was driving up to the funeral, what is it do I feel when I, when I, when I mention Uncle Jack? That was his name. Besides the fact that he, Mamash, is the one that turned me on to my obsession with cream soda, which was his... <laughs> his right? What is the thing that Uncle Jack gave? What, what did he, in his presence, what, what was it? And I was discussing it with my sisters afterwards as well, is that he mamash, in the most simple, pushed way, he loved me. And I always felt that when I was with him, no matter what. It was almost like a more like a grandfather type of like giving over that, that kind of love because he was much older. And from all our aunts and uncles, we didn't live on, next to any of them. Some were in Argent- one was in Argentina and the others were in the East Coast. We were in the West Coast. We spent most time with him. And um, I felt so shalem with just saying at his husband that he provided uh, his nephew feeling loved. To me, that's the greatest uh, cover that, uh, that I could say, mention right now in his presence, right? And then I started thinking to myself when I was finished, like the other Rabbanan probably thinking, like, that's what you say to husband, like Bamet. And then I said to myself, well, yeah, sorry, it is. It actually is. Because, I don't know, just the drushes aren't working. Meaning, there's a time and place for everything, but the drushes for the door aren't, aren't working. It's not going to work. All the drushes, all the shaklevetayas, it's not... Like, ha'am pashut ha'am rotzeh chibur, ha'am rotzeh ahava, ha'am rotzeh amit emet. Ha'am rotzeh pashut l'argish amitim, authentic. Like, that's what people are really striving for, and we lost that language over the years. Again, six million being killed. Arab army after Arab army trying to kill us here didn't really give us the period that he keeps on mentioning here that we have to this wellness period to come back to what we really want. But what we really, really want is not to have to use so many words 
to describe what we're feeling. We want it to be mashu yoter zorem. Now, the, the avod that we're in right now is very important. You could leave these kind of classes and go into super judgment mode over anyone that's not thinking like this or on the past as well. But you also have to understand that you don't get to transition period in labor unless there's nine months of labor. You don't get to the transition period in Am Yisrael of now unless there's 75 years of the first, of, of the first phase. The only question is, do you believe a baby is going to come out now or not? Or do you think this is going to be like this forever? If a woman has a chashash, that that transition stage is forever, then what do they do? What, sorry? Give up. Or they make a, they make a very uh, problematic declaration. Can't do this. Worse? I swear I'll never do it again. That's why... <laughs> no, that's why there's a korban. You know this, right? That's why you have to bring a korban after the birth, because... When you're in that stage of transition and for some, and for whatever the reason is, you, you forget, like, you forget that what you've been told or even what you've experienced in the past, that it's not going to end like this. There's going to be birth. There's going to be life. So you get stuck in the place of either Yehush, which doesn't really help because it doesn't take away your pain, or that statement of I'm never going to do this anymore. We have no idea when the end game is. Sorry? Birth can take a day, two, three we have no idea when, when this transition painful period that we are in is going to end. We are stuck. And it's hard sometimes mm-hmm. to stay in the place of clarity. Even if you told a woman that's in the height of her transition that in half an hour from now it's going to end, she won't believe you. She won't believe you. It won't matter. Ma- it, like, exa- it won't matter. That's the, po- that's the point. It won't matter. So like, like we say on Tisha B'Av, Yerushalayim and its cities are like a woman in their tzirim, a woman in her birth pain. That's what it is. We have to remember, though, that life means something new. It doesn't mean more of the old. It means a new bria. And we're in transition. We are. Like you said, Daniel, I agree with you fully. It feels like since we have no idea that when this is going to be, a woman in the heightened state of the of the tensity of transition, like we said right now, doesn't also feels like she never knows if this is ever going to end and when it's going to end. And it doesn't even matter to them because it's the feeling. But you have to let yourself feel. We have to let ourselves feel what's going on right now. And I, you know, in the beginning of this whole Tkufa, I was telling everyone, you should see, you should watch everything you... I have no idea anymore. I don't know what it's going to take. I have no idea what it's going to take. Some people watch, and then they, they voluntarily, the, the off button is like even stronger. But whatever it is, if we're thinking about the klal and the new birth of Am Yisrael, and the hundreds of thousands of Jews that are waiting for the Lech Lecha moment, then what an honor, and what a privilege, and what a responsibility at the time that we're living in to make sure that we are wide awake and wide awake means li- learning how to listen to our neshama. Consciousness, awareness in our learning. This, this morning I was thinking of, of doing something in shul now, but I, I don't know how it would be taken, that every single day I want some kind of like a big, like removable plaque that you could put up and a different phrase from davening to just be on the wall every morning when you walk in to be like, oh, a, a f- 
words I've said every single day. Today it's going to heighten my awareness just, just for today. But then I started thinking about what it would be, and then I myself lost focus during Pesuki de Zimra, so I, you know, so I, I whatever, just different methods, different nekudot to heighten our state of awareness and prepare us for realizing that every second is offering a lot of newness. But what a shame it would be if we didn't do everything we can to align ourselves with the voice of the Shekhinah today. What a shame it would be. It would be so, so disappointing. What a shame it would be if there's really a 1967 on the horizon right now, and we, got, we still got stuck in that pestle, the idol worship of being politically correct, which we still haven't gotten rid of. It's still there. It's still there. Mamash, it's still there. If it wasn't there, the story down south wouldn't look like it is. Nor would there even be a situation of Mars. So Levi and the schus of the soldiers on the battlefront that are saying mitziti, and they mean it, we can't say mitzinu yet. We can't say that word yet. We haven't even begun. And let this avoda of tapping into our neshamas, and I don't know exactly what the exact sefer is. I don't know what it is, you know. What you're just saying to me is helpful. Because then I just can open my heart and to that, that empathy and, 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 and feel that yeah. she feels that Hashem loves her. And, Which and is the point of everything. Thing, you know, it's everything. It's everything. I teach meditation so I can do that. <laughs> and she did do this meditation. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll continue next week, Elizabeth. We'll continue on Thursday.